The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, good morning and welcome to the Paul Mahler Show. And speaking of legends, Jack Morris in studio here at Target Field. I'm Chris Atterbury and, of course, fellow Minnesota-made legend Paul Mahler joining us from the manager's office on the south side of Chicago. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Chris. Jack, how you guys doing? Good morning. Good right. to you guys. Beautiful day here in Chicago. I hope it is back home, too. Sun shining here, sun shining there. Uh, you've got one week in the books now, and you're sitting at 4-1. and one. Uh, You've seen uh, a handful of really clean baseball games uh, yesterday, uh, a few little uh, bumps in the road, but you have to overall uh, be pretty pleased with the execution you've seen through week one. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's the start of a season, and uh, everyone knows the length of the baseball year. And, uh, you know, but coming off of last year, I think everyone was excited to see how we would perform coming out of the gates. And, and like you said, Chris, we, we've had some really nice ball games from starting pitching and defense to uh, some timely hitting, patience at the plate. Uh, it's been pretty good. Yesterday, you know, went backwards just a hair, some of our defensive plays and maybe our at-bats in terms of competitiveness. But, uh, yeah, we'll try to find a way to come back today and a first chance to bounce back from a defeat and see if we can win the series here in Chicago. Paul, it uh, usually takes a lap through your own division to really take a good, hard look at what the other teams have done through the offseason, how they're playing at this time also. Uh, it seemed like Kansas City had a totally different look uh, in the first series, and yet uh, your boys played very well. Now you're in Chicago. Uh, you, you've got a better feel for the White Sox right now, or, or are they a team that you think have changed that much? Well, they are in a little bit of transition, Jack. There was a lot of talk about how much unloading they were going to do. I think at the end of the day, it wasn't as much as maybe some people uh, had predicted. Uh, they still have a nice core of uh, experienced players offensively, and you know their rotation uh, can be a little bit dangerous. Uh, uh, you know, with uh, the guy pitching today, Quintana, he's you know he's one of the best. His name's been tossed around quite a bit. But you do get a better feel as you see these teams. You hear about the moves. Um, you're never quite sure early in the year because some guys don't come out of camp either swinging the bat well or throwing maybe as well as they we know that they can. But uh, it's good to see these teams early and we'll get a feel for them. Speaking of Quintana, I know it's early in the day. You probably haven't had a, a, a lot of time to think about your lineup today, but uh, any changes? Well, I, I actually have thought about it. You know, coming into the series, you kind of try to plan ahead a little bit, and then you kind of watch things unfold uh, through the f- course of the first couple of games. You know, my, my feeling today is with Irvin on the mound, I, I want to try to put uh, my best defense for him behind there behind him. Um, you look at matchups uh, against Quintana. Uh, in, in reality, uh, you know, the lefties seem to do pretty well against him, so we're going to give our lefties a chance off him today, try to spread him out the best we can and hopefully find a way to score some runs and give Irvin a chance to win another game. Paul, you talked about putting your best defense behind him, and that really, to me, has been the backbone of this 4-1 start, has been solid defensive play. Would you agree with that? I, I think it's been true. Uh, you know, we saw yesterday when we gave him a couple extra outs, it cost us. But, you know, from the outfield play, particularly we saw the other night here, and, you know, our infields played relatively solid. You know, Dozier's play yesterday. Polanco's done fairly well. He had a little misplay yesterday, got his feet tangled up a little bit. 
But, you know, we're looking to secure the baseball a little bit better. Uh, we know that we, I think, led baseball in errors last year. And uh, they're going to, you know, everyone's going to make errors. We, we don't expect perfection, but we're trying to tighten up the best way we can. Paul, we, we've got uh, one of the most dynamic outfielders in the game right now. Byron Buxton, on a daily basis, is out there making web gems, catching the ball all over the place. And yet he still seems to be struggling, at least out of the gate offensively. Uh, you know, it's got to be perplexing for you as the manager, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping this kid figures out a way to make contact so he can utilize his speed. Uh, and yet what he does defensively, he seems to save a run or two a game. So it's it's got to be one of those things where you're just trying to be patient and show the fans to be patient. Well, I, I think we need patience. Uh, a couple of points on that is that, you know, on the defensive side, um, he's been, you know, at the, at the top of the charts in terms of what he can do to help your team prevent runs. And uh, one thing that he does very well is he's always been able to do that uh, throughout his early career struggles at times at the plate. He's been able to separate his offense from his defense, which gives me confidence to keep him out there. You know, he had a really good September. It's been talked about a lot. The spring training is at bats were, were fairly consistent. And it's just come out of the gate where he, he didn't get a few hits, the fir- uh, get, get many hits the first few days. And you can see the pressure start to mount. And we talk a lot about our young guys. You know, they're, they're going to progress at different rates. There's going to be some times where they go backwards a tad. And we're trying to be patient. I, I think for a manager, it's tough to know when they need that mental blow and, and when to keep running them out there. I think you have to vary it from person to person depending on, on the makeup and the character of that individual. Paul Molitor show. Another uh, sunny day in Chicago as the Twins try to claim a series from the White Sox later on this afternoon. We'll take a break. Come back more with the Twins skipper when we return on your home for Twins baseball. You're listening to the pregame lineup card on the alternative channel Go 96.3. This is the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. How memories are created, legends are made. Twins trying to make some more memories today, hoping to claim a series from the White Sox as it'll be Irvin Santana and Jose Quintana. Jack Morris in studio alongside me. We're at Target Field, Paul Molitor in Chicago. And, Paul, Jack's going to get to the hard-hitting inside pitching stuff, but I'm going to ask the real tough questions. You've issued one of these uh, newfangled intentional walks. (laughs) How, how did you did you point at the guy? Did you flash your fingers? Did you have an elaborate dance of some sort? How did that come down for you? Well, there's been a few uh, adjustments to the rules this year, like they are each and every year. Some replay changes, but the intentional walk is is something that uh, the commissioner felt was a way to save a little time throughout the course of the season. So it's in play. I'm not a big fan of it. I I, I think that you know. The guy gets on base without anything happening is a little bit strange, but we're making the adjustments. I just give the four four fingered wiggle and <laughs> off he and, and off he goes. So, Paul, does, uh, is is there pitch count with those four? I mean, how does that work? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think we have to throw that up there in a different color on the on the stat sheet. I, I so. think next year, if you hit a home run, you don't get to run the bases. We'll save a ton of time. We'll just have you go right back yeah, to the What about the style dugout. points? <laughs> That's true. Uh, as for real pitching uh, conversations, Irvin obviously gave you everything you wanted on, on opening day. Uh, and he did it in classic kind of Irvin fashion, never too high, never too low. And I, that's kind of what you want from him, I, I guess. Well, he's, uh, you know, he's what our, we want our young guys to watch as far as his temperament, his mound presence. Uh, he doesn't get rattled. Um, you know, he had a little bit of a, 
a, a stretch there where he lost a little bit of command, but it was he minimized it to about six pitches or so. And, you know, he got he got us deep in the game. So last year, I, I don't think you can be much more consistent than what he provided for us in terms of start in and start out. So, you know, it's a chance for I'm glad we got him on the mound today coming off the loss yesterday. And, and I'm sure he's going to give us every opportunity to try to find a way to win. Paul, you, you, you saw last year Irv uh, really matches up against uh, Kansas City well. He did that in opening day. Had a good, solid spring um, going against Chicago in their ace today. Uh, do you get the sense that the team has kind of embraced him as the ace and that there's a different feel coming into the clubhouse uh, when, when he's uh, penciled in the pitch? Well, when your team's going well, Jack, you feel like that behind anybody who takes him out, but there's no question some people have a little bit more of uh, a feeling factor uh, as you approach the start of a ball game, and, and Irvin's definitely stepped into that role for our guys. You know, one thing we've seen also is you had a bullpen with some question marks coming in, when you would use guys, how you would use guys. Uh, Paul, every single member of your bullpen has made a positive impact on your club this year, whether it's Presley in the sixth, whether it's Duffy bridging to the ninth inning over two innings, uh, or even yesterday when you get a very short start, only needing to use two guys to get the rest of the ball game pitched up. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's not very often when a manager has a, a set exact set rule for all of his guys out there, and we're kind of a, a work in progress. But I, I think like any part of the game, you know, Success and, and positive results breed confidence. I, I think each guy that comes out there has taken it upon himself to, to do the job at hand, whatever the situation might be. And, you, and you're right. We finally got talking in the game yesterday, and he was able to close out the last two-plus innings for us. Uh, you know, Haley uh, you know, did a nice job yesterday until he, until he ran into a couple of home, ball, home run balls. But I, I think it's taken shape well. You know, to be honest with you, Press had a little bit of a rough last 10 days or so of spring training. So... We're a little bit at least aware of some of those issues, but, you know, he has stepped up and he's gotten into a couple of games and thrown the ball really well. So overall, it's been a nice, uh, you know, composition out there as far as collectively getting the job done. Do you think when you look at Tyler Duffy and you've used him in a couple of different ways, he's pitched out of the bullpen collegiately a tad bit in the low minors, but this is a transition for him. Uh, is he wired the, the right way and does his stuff play well to be an effective guy in the bullpen long term? Well, I think he's more wired now maybe than he's ever been. I, I don't think his starting days are over. But, but for now, um, if he's rested, I have a chance to get some length. But the other day when we had a couple of guys that needed a little bit of a blow, he was ready to come out and pitch some, some innings late. And I, I say he's more equipped now. I just think he's learned how to channel that uh, energy that he brings out there and, and, and try to keep it in a positive light. He, he kind of sometimes becomes his own worst enemy out there. But that, that seems to be uh, improving, you know, constantly. So he's uh, taken advantage of the opportunities we've given him to make the team and be a bullpen guy. And so far he's thrown the ball really well in his couple of outings. We have to step aside. We'll take another break. Come back with more. Jack Morris and here on the Paul Mahler Show. This is your home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Jack Morris, Chris Atterbury, and our manager, Paul Molitor, joining us right now. Paul, uh, I was I was excited to hear that the bullpen got together for a steak dinner. A little camaraderie, a little uh, bond, bonding time. Uh, I'm curious, twofold question. Number one, uh, whose idea was it, if you do know? And number two, was Eddie Gordado 
invited along to to really kind of pick up any of the leftovers if if there were any. <laughs> well, I'll let them know you said that first of all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think last year, Jack, they kind of uh, they had a couple of those. I think they've tried to make it uh, a, a point to do that more frequently this year. And I agree. I mean, time away from the park when you're on the road. And spending time, whether it's any of your teammates, sure. in this case, the bullpen collectively. And I do think it was probably uh, uh, sourced from Eddie. And, uh, you know, I think I think in, when he told the guys about the idea, he said, you know, this will be good as long as I don't have to pay. And then, and then, <laughs> and then they went forward. So Ended up being a great uh, prank on Taylor Rogers as uh, Belial and Breslow ended up uh, picking up the, the tab. You guys have never been involved in any of those types of meals, have you? Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, you got a good stories? The old, the old credit card trick yeah. they pulled on Taylor the other day, and they set him up pretty good where he was a little bit overwhelmed, not only by the fact that his card got picked, but the the bill had been extended by a couple thousand dollars. So <laughs> I, I think that, you know, Taylor Rogers, who, whose heart doesn't get beating very fast very often, I think that might have changed that day. <laughs> that uh, might have finally found a way to speed him up a little bit. Let's talk about uh, something. Maybe this is a sign of my age, but you, you mentioned it earlier, chance to win a series. You don't hear that thrown around a lot anymore, but throughout my last 20 years in the game, you always think about a schedule in terms of series. How important is it, and is that something that you guys still talk about within the, the coach's office, in the clubhouse, trying to win a series? Well, hey, we, we try to win every game, sure. but I, I think I think you you deal with the reality of where you're at in a given series. You know, whenever you get the first two, you try to get greedy. If you happen to lose the first two, you try to salvage one. And if you split the first two, you try to find a way to win the series. I just think it's a one of those little mental things that you, you understand that over the course of the season, if you keep that mindset, and that mentality, it, it's going to play out well for your overall record. Paul, when you, when you have uh, 19 games yearly with uh, your own division, you, you seem to get to know uh, the opposition fairly well. You're going to have Kansas City come back. You're going to mm-hmm. see Chicago again next week. Detroit and Cleveland will be going to be banging heads again early in the year. Um, is it more important that you you do well in the first series, kind of set the tone to let them know that you're you're for real? Well, we struggled with some of these teams in our division last year. There's no question about that. And you know, the reality is we struggled with everybody for the most part. And and uh, you know, coming out of the gates here with with as many games as we're playing against the Central, we know that they carry a lot of significance. I think in the 162 games we play, about 78 games against these four clubs. So you know, if you if you plan to find a way to to stay in this thing and uh, it's a long way to go, but but you better match up fairly well against the teams you're playing consistently like the guys in our division. I want to talk a little bit about uh, a guy that kind of went under the fans' radar uh, last year but uh, seems to just be plugging along and making more and more progress, and that's Jorge Polanco. This kid seems to find a way to put the bat on the ball all the time, uh, has some good at-bats. You talked about it last week. Sure. Well, you know, I, I think in his case he, he's still a young guy. You know, his first chance to be uh, a regular coming out of spring training. And, you know, we've seen it for a while, Jack. He, he just doesn't take many poor at-bats, whether it's left-handed or right-handed. He finds a way to usually see a fair amount of pitches. He doesn't panic with two strikes. Uh, you know, he, he, it's it's hard to teach that. It's something uh-huh. that he's kind of been gifted with. But, you know, he's he's been steady. And we're just looking for that continued progress on the defensive side. We all feel that he's going to be a very competitive offensive player. Now we'll take one final break here. This is the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killerbrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota, how memories are created and legends are made. We're back with the Twins manager when we return on your home for Twins baseball. 
It's the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris here in studio. Now, coming up later on today, we've got Inside Twins. Rob Anthony going to kick that off. He drew the short straw. He'll talk with Corey Provis for a half hour leading into our pregame lineup card and then on to baseball today between the Twins and the White Sox, Santana and Quintana. And, Paul, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your dugout dynamic. Uh, you've got a couple of new faces on your coaching staff, uh, Pickler and Rouse and Jeff Smith. And one common theme coming out of the dugout with your staff is we want to prepare these guys so that once the game starts, we get out of their way and we just want them to play. We want them to kind of just uh, just be ball players and free their minds. And uh, I know having a young core, that's not always easy to do. Is Is that coming along the way you would like to see it come along in the early going? I think the early signs uh, in, in that regard have been positive. Um, you know, we've talked a lot in spring training. Uh, it's always been that way, but you want to get players to be accountable for uh, part of the preparation. You know, our job as a staff, including our new guys, is, is to you know try to get the teaching done uh, prior to the game, spring training, whatever it might be. And then these guys do their part, and they go out there and they carry out and try to execute the best way that we can. You know, Pickler's done a really nice job uh, with our outfielders throughout camp and early in the season. Uh, Rousen, I think our hitters have a lot of confidence in the information they're getting and how to prepare for each and every game. And Jeff Smith, you know, he he had a great catching core in camp. We had a really nice group, and as it got down to Jimenez and Castro, uh, there's a high comfort there, and he's doing a good job at first base too. But I, I think that the whole idea of players uh, – feeling confident in their preparation so they can go out there play and we stay out of the way, that's best. Tom Kelly always used to say, keep the manager out of the game, keep the coaches out of the game. Uh, we'll help you get there, but when we start playing, you go ahead and take care of business. Paul, uh, I want to I want to address uh, something that is significantly different from last year. You know, the start last year compared to the first four games uh, this year, uh, night and day difference, and yet you've talked about it all the time. Players need to have confidence, and winning breeds confidence. I remember your early days in the big leagues, and you were not a guy that, in my opinion, ever uh, ever had any kind of confidence problem because you came into the big leagues as an impact player when you were young. Uh, but yet some guys need to have that constant reinforcement uh, in a positive way to realize that they've not only fit, but but can win at the big league level. Talk a little bit about what you see different from last year's start and this year's start. Well, you know, without getting too deep, I, I think we all understand that from generation to generation, there's there are different ways that, that people are shaped in, in how they think and what they do. Uh, you know, I, I can't really speak too much about myself other than that I had a really a lot of good veteran players that helped me get through the early stages. I, I think today's guys, Jack, you, you know, they're a little bit more vulnerable to the ups and downs. It's always going to be that way to some degree with young guys. Every once in a while, you get that special makeup, special tool guy who takes off right from the get go. But, that, but that's the exception. Most of these guys are going to have to, you know, suffer through some growing pains and, you know, it's easy to either be looking over your shoulder, especially if your team's struggling, wondering how long you, what do you got to do to be there? You kind of lose the focus of trying to win games rather than protect your own careers. So that's part of our job is to try to find and understand when guys are in that position and try to, you know, kind of coax them along a little bit so they can, you know, find that consistency. All right, very well said. Uh, today you've got Santana versus Quintana. We've talked a little bit about Irvin and, and, and also Quintana. You mentioned some lefties who've had success against him. What what makes him so good? What is the uh, the critical element that separates Quintana from uh, your run-of-the-mill southpaw? Well, you know, he's he's one of those guys. He has, he has really good command with his fastball. It plays up. The numbers might not, you know, 
wow you. I think, you know, 93 will, will kind of you see a lot of that velocity. But he can really pitch into left-handers, I mean the right-handers, kind of like we, you know, a guy like Perkins who, who can live on the inside part of the play with the righties. And he's got a really good change-up to uh, once, you, once he gets you conscious of that ball inside, he can, he can dive that thing away. That little, little breaking ball, too, that he uses for a chase pitch or maybe a strike early in the count. Um, you know, the lefties, I think, have had pretty good numbers off him, mainly because it takes away that changeup just a little bit. He doesn't throw it as much, and if those guys can stay out there and not pull off the ball, they got a pretty good chance. But he's just a guy who's got good composure. He's got good stuff, and, you know, he's, he seems to get better every year. Paul, uh, final question from me. You, I don't think it would be fair not to talk about what your uh, big man has done this week. Week number one, Miguel sure. Sano has really shown some patience at the plate, taking some walks, going to right field, some things that you got to be happy about. Well, it was funny. I, about 10 days before spring training, I, I, I told him I was going to try to get him some extra at-bats because I, I thought he could use them. And he, he said, you know, I know I'm not hitting too well, but don't worry, I'll be ready. And I, and, and I don't know if that gave me a lot of confidence, but uh, I think I, I've been very pleased with how engaged he's been, how he's been kind of maturing into one of our young leaders uh, on this team. And his early play has, has been good. Like you said, Jack, he's shown a little bit more patience using the whole field. He's got a pretty good idea of what he's trying to do each and every at-bat. Um, and we just want to make sure we can sustain that with him, you know, keep keep that type of focus, and, and there's no question he's going to be a huge impact. Great stuff, Paul. We appreciate the conversation as always. Good luck today. Okay, guys. Have a good Sunday, man. All right, Paul. I'll see you. Yep. All right, Jack, we got about 15 seconds, uh, 30 seconds. Key for the Twins to win the series today in Chicago. What are you watching? Irvin Santana, if he can repeat what he did on opening day, uh, you know, the Twins need to play solid defense. They need to do that you every day, but Irvin Holiday has the chance to take the ball and, and control the outcome. Made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.